Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Katie Lee, and she has a really incredible background, incredible story. She's faced quite a bit of challenges. She's overcome a lot of those. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation with her and learn a little bit more about what she's been through, how she's persevered, how she's overcome these challenges, and how that has fueled her to be able to move forward and to continue to push on and achieve their core goals and her aspirations. So Katie, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So Katie, can you share with us a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate and what are you focused on now? Yeah. So my husband and I got involved in real estate. Oddly, it was our financial advisor who you would think would want us to give him money. Um, But he said, no, don't give me your money. Go put it in real estate. So it was very surprising. And in 2006, we got our first single family home. And then it was a couple of years later that we had a second one and a third one and a fourth one. And then finally got to a point where I just felt like, what are we continuing to do? Why am I still working? You know, so we decided to just kind of scale it and move into multifamily. So now we're in multifamily. We've only been in multifamily for about eight months, but we've really enjoyed it so far. How did you come across multifamily? And as you were going along this journey of buying single family homes, you know, what were you trying to achieve in terms of financial independence, passive income? How did that all kind of play into your life and your vision for what the future could look like? Yeah. So in 2006, when we got our first single family home, the year after that was a really rough year for me medically started just getting really concerned about, okay, what if I can't work? What if I can't do? And what if I can't, you know, help my family in that financial way? And I kept that mindset of what should I be doing for a long period of time? Eventually health went away a little bit. And then um, it kind of just kept coming back where I was like, what if something were to go wrong? What if, something were to happen. And I've definitely faced enough to know that things can happen um, very easily. And so it was just kind of made sense to go ahead and pursue the scalability of it is so much um, more, you're able to do more with it, you know, once it starts going in the right direction. Back in 2006, that's kind of where I was. And then it's just from there, just being really getting more and more excited about real estate and um, what can happen with it. Yeah. When our health kind of comes into play, it puts a lot of things in perspective because if we don't have our health, how are we able to do the things that we want to achieve? How are we going to be there to support our families? And so you are looking for a path to be able to support your family in the event something were to happen to you that they would be well taken care of, that they had other streams of income to come into play. I also talk about 
health, happiness, and heritage. So health, of course, is my number one priority and has been since I was 18. Happiness, of course, is just the ability to feel like you can live freely and happily and not be so stressed and bogged down with daily. I mean, you're always going to have things that bog you down a little bit, but hopefully the stress and the, you know, that tension doesn't have a huge, crazy amount of play in your life. And then heritage comes in with my little boy who is 10 going on, I think 21, honestly, I feel (laughs) like it. And he is, I want to be able to send him to college and not have him have to pay bills for that and to have some kind of ability to have something when we are gone, like when my husband and I are gone. So I always talk about health, happiness and heritage. The health part is like, all of those are very important, but sometimes when our health is not at the optimal performance or we're not as healthy as we we would hope to be, it impacts our happiness at the same time. For you, how did that come into play and how were you able to overcome that health aspect of it so that you can continue to be in the right mindset and push for that happiness that you're looking for? So that's a tough thing. It's tough to explain without going back to the beginning. Um, when I was 18 and I had five brain surgeries, I had a tumor on my pituitary gland. And because of that, they had to take most of my pituitary. So my pituitary doesn't work, which a lot of people don't understand that, but I take about 20 pills a day. Um, And so health is in my face every day. Yeah. Happiness does play a huge part in that. And the stress levels play a huge part in that. And I kind of feel like I've had enough time and I've been able to push myself um, in ways that people couldn't think that I was going to push myself. Right. So people thought, Oh, she's never going to be able to hold down a job. And I just kept persevering. I just kept saying, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And this never not mindset was just like, I can't keep that in my head. Yeah. There are definitely days that are harder that are more troublesome But I think part of that is that same mindset that we all have with multifamily. I think our whole mindset of thinking positively, trying to just push ourselves to that next level, I think that's a huge part of the whole multifamily world and elements of that multifamily world. Five brain surgeries, that's (laughs) even one is quite an undertaking, but you were able to survive and overcome five different surgeries during your lifetime. I'm very glad that you're here with us and the strength that you've been able to have to do to be able to recover from something like that is quite a feat. And to be able to also push yourself and to not let something like that hold you back from accomplishing what you've set out to do in terms of your freedoms and how you want to design your life. It's really inspiring to be able to see that, how you've been able to push through all those challenges and some of the things that you faced. It's one of those things that I just keep thinking it'll stop at one point and everything will just be so much brighter and more exciting. And um, I really feel like multifamily is that brightness for me. People say that I kind of light up when I talk about multifamily because I just get so excited and just really giddy. I just really, really love it. 
there are scary days, but there are really fun days and just great people. Everyone has a great mindset about them. One of the things, especially in multifamily, but any venture that you undertake going on as an entrepreneur, or even something new, you're always going to have some type of disappointment or things don't pan out the way that you expect. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about getting an LOI uh, letter of intent under contract and then having it fall through at the end of it. You know, How do you overcome those obstacles or those challenges as they don't pan out the way that you expect it to be and then continue to look forward for the next thing and just continue to be positive and move forward, especially within the multifamily space? And why do you see it as a continue to be a good vehicle for you guys? I'm trying to think about a way to kind of describe that whole letdown of it um, is frustrating, but I don't necessarily let it control me. So I've never let my health control me. I've always said like, I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to have a baby. No one is going to control it. Um, And I think we have to say the same thing about our mindset. So my biggest thing with mindset is you can be sad for like five minutes and then you got to get your big girl panties on and keep going. And I totally agree with that, right? So I feel like be sad for a few minutes, but then you just got to keep going um, until you get your first one. And then you get your second one and your third one and eventually you get, you know, as many as you want. Have I reached that point? Absolutely not. Um, But am I trying? Yes, I am absolutely trying. And if I didn't come the next day um, after getting an LOI, then where would that leave me? It would just kind of leave me sitting in my skin. You know, I just kind of think that mindset is such a big part of it. It was hard at the beginning um, because it is very different than a disappointment in a job and just makes it that much sweeter when you get it. I'm just really excited about that whole mindset of perseverance. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So after you got a couple of single family homes underneath your belt and made a transition into multifamily, how did that look like for you? And how are you able to come across that first deal within multifamily and that transition? When we came across multifamily, I wanted to get bigger. And part of the reason why I started asking myself why I was so excited about real estate in general, why did it control my excitement so much? And a lot of the reason I think was it was something that I was passionate about. Definitely. There was always something that I wanted to do with it. And I kind of realized my dad passed away of pancreatic cancer. My goal is to just persevere on this and then be able to 
allow a cancer patient or someone that is going through some health crisis to stay in a nice apartment for free. I don't know how that looks yet, but that's my goal. Because of my why, it has kept my husband understanding and like, okay, that makes sense. Let's keep going on this. So I think that rotation, just keep going, keep going, keep going. That's an incredible goal. And to be able to to serve those people who are needing a place to stay during those difficult times as they're recovering or you know the last stages, it's really important because you want them to be comfortable, right? It's un- an uncomfortable situation, 100%. And so what you're trying to do is just try to give them as much comfort as you possibly can in this scary time in their lives. Right, exactly. And I mean, it's the whole thing. It's the family as well. I haven't gotten that far and in, in time to know what that's going to look like or how that's going to work. Hopefully that will be my goal is in five years. Um, and that, you know, within five years, I will have accomplished enough and able to give back as much as I can possibly can to people that have a problem or are facing a health issue. I still pay a lot of bills when it comes to health (laughs) because I'm on so much medicine. And so I understand like how that can really mess with a family. If you were to pinpoint maybe one thing in your life that you're doing on a daily basis to continue to push you forward, maybe a habit or something like that, what would that look like? Or what would that, what is that? I would say I try to call at least one or two brokers a day to just say hi, see how they're doing, see what they're up to, that kind of thing. I also try to underwrite at least one deal a day, not like a huge influx of let me get this report and make sure the cap rate's right and let's look at the taxes and just keeping that exercise going to kind of focus on, yep, I'm still there, I'm still doing it, I'm still going forward. And so what are some of the market that you like to invest in or that you're focused on? So I'm focused on outside of Atlanta and Georgia, that area. I love kind of the rolling hills of, and I just really like that Southern style. I'm also looking in Kansas area. I just really like that market as well. So those are my two major markets that I'm looking at right now. And I'd also like to ask, your mom yourself, uh, you have your 10-year-old son. And how are you exposing him to the possibilities out there and trying to teach him about financials, some of the things and tools that he might not necessarily get in school, but that you've learned along the way, and then just get him exposed and educated on this side of the aspect? Both my husband and I graduated from college. I got my master's. He got his undergrad. And Neither one of us use our degrees. It's as simple as that. And unfortunately, it just worked out that way. We just don't use our degrees. So is it the best thing? I don't know. But do I want him to go to college? I want him to have some kind of ability to enjoy the world, whether or not that's through college or not is beyond me right now because he's only 11. In terms of finances and things, He gets frustrated sometimes when we were selling one of our single family homes. He was like, oh, man, we have to go do that again. And then I start telling him like, Grant, that's your college fund right there. Or that's your fund 
for when you grow up. And it all plays into that heritage feeling of like, yeah, this is part of our lives. We are doing this. He gets a lot of financial (laughs) balance, your checkbook now, that kind of thing that I never had, right? And I grew up with teachers and loved it, but it's just a different ballgame. And I also talk about inflation being so high right now and like 8.5 and what job is going to give you 8.5% year on year on year, right? And so we talk a lot about that too and just kind of getting him ready for life in general. But, you know, whether or not he goes into it, I don't know if he will or not. Sometimes he says he will. Sometimes he says he won't. But right now he's so excited about baseball that he could really care less about anything else other than baseball. So So I think it's just a lot of exposure and just letting him know there are these other vehicles out there. And then if you decide to use this vehicle later on, at least you have the background, the knowledge to be able to do so. If it's not where your passion is, that's okay. But at least you know that there's other things out there that you don't necessarily have to go the certain pathway that is a standard pathway for most people. But there's other options out there too. It's just learning what those options are. I am so excited and so excited when I think about multifamily. My husband is absolutely not. like He loves it. I love it. But he is not a big fan of it, right? So Grant gets both sides, right? He gets the side that isn't necessarily like all that thrilled with it. And another side that's like, let's go do some more underwriting. It's fun. And, you know, we just enjoy it. And then how has real estate investing impacted your life? You know, a lot of people don't know that I've gone through five brain surgeries. And when I say perseverance, they think, even if they do know, how is that perseverance? But it really is. I think multifamily has taught me perseverance more than anything else in the world. Um, I also feel like I did not know until I joined a couple groups and a, a couple women groups and other groups. I did not know how many people were actually really interested in real estate. So I've really enjoyed getting to know people, getting friendships involved, just enjoying the multifamily connections that there are, that you finally find people that are kind of like-minded in your kind of way. Um, And so that it's taught me friendship. It's taught me perseverance. It's taught me to understand how to do a website. (laughs) Um, It's taught me, you know, there's several, I would say perseverance is the number one answer doing it. Um, And you gotta, you gotta keep going or you're not going to get anywhere. And if there's one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? Start multifamily sooner. If I would have known now, two years ago, would it have been that much easier? Yeah. I think starting now, whether or not it's doing a limited partnership where you're not actively looking at deals every day, right? Where you're just saying, hey, I'm interested. Starting early enough would be my number one thing to do again. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for sharing your story and you know being so open with us and sharing your perseverance and how you've been able to get through all the challenges. I mean, you've been dealt a more 
challenging life than most of us might encounter throughout our entire lifetimes. But, um, you know, it's really inspirational to be able to see how you've been able to push all of that. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so glad to meet you. And um, yeah, definitely. It was wonderful. And so for our listeners out there as well, who are interested in learning more about you and your story, where's the best place that they can go? So my website is www.rollingforkcapital.com. And my email is katie at rollingforkcapital.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Katie. All right. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.